Hello and welcome. My name is Hillary Jewhurst, and as the head of third-party risk education and advocacy for Benminder, I have the privilege of working with third-party risk management professionals from different industries every day. And some of the most common questions I get are all about fourth parties. What is a fourth party and what to be managed on? And what about those fifth and sixth parties? If you've also had these questions, you come to the right place. Today, I'm excited to introduce Tom Rogers from Vendor Centric, all for a discussion about fourth parties. Tom, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks, Hillary. Uh, love all the great content you and the team at Venminder put out and appreciate you having me. Thank you. So before we get into our topic, Tom, can you share a little bit about your background and about your company, Vendor Centric? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm the founder and CEO of Vendor Centric. We are a boutique consulting firm, and what we do is help companies design, implement, and optimize their end-to-end vendor management operations. So that includes things like uh, for organizations that are just getting something going, we'll help them design and implement a new vendor management program. Uh, for those that have existing programs, we can assess and help them improve the efficiency and effectiveness of what they're doing. And then a lot of work we're doing now is for more mature programs that are really looking to drive value is we're helping them with vendor-focused initiatives around cost control, risk reduction, and performance improvement. Um, so we really do the end-to-end -end work there from start to finish with the vendors. And personally, I've spent about, my first part of my career was about 10 years in public accounting. I'm actually a non-practicing CPA. Um, and then I've transitioned over to consulting over the last 20 years, probably seen about 150 organizations at this point, which is really helped giving me a broad perspective when we're, we're uh, providing advice to clients. Uh, but now my role here at Vendorcentric is really around, um, I do a little bit of consulting, but primarily around strategy, thought leadership, and and growing the firm. That's great. So we definitely have the right person here today. So like I mentioned, questions around fourth parties come up a lot. So let's start with the basics. Tom, how would you define a fourth party? Yes, I think in simple terms, a uh, fourth party is really a vendor to your vendors, right? So it's those downstream organizations that are working with your third party vendors that may play a role in the services that your third party vendors provide to you. Um, typically, you're not going to have direct contact with them, um, but they can present risk to your organization because they're part of the supply chain. And, you know, Hillary, I think to make matters even more complicated when we're talking about fourth parties um, is that some of those fourth parties have downstream vendors that also play a critical role in the supply chain. They may present risk as well. So that's why sometimes you hear the term nth party because um, they're really referring to those fifth, sixth downstream vendors as well. So all this really adds a lot of complexity to that fourth party management. Okay, so we have fourth, fifth, and nth party vendors that can potentially affect the products and services we obtain from our third party vendors, but we don't have a direct contact contact with them. So the next question would be, how do we manage these fourth party vendors? What do we need to know? Yeah, well, that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? It's trying to figure out how you do all of that. Um yeah, it's interesting. So when when you had contacted me before the interview, I actually had one of my colleagues, Paul Schrantz, do a quick poll on LinkedIn 
Um, cause I was just curious, we know what we see, but I was curious what other folks are doing around fourth parties. And, uh, he had about maybe 30 or 40 people respond to it. And it was interesting. So 53% of the respondents said that they assess the risk practices of their third party vendors. So as they're looking at how do they manage these fourth parties, they're actually looking to their vendors and the, the strength of the vendor management programs that those vendors have to actually oversee all of those downstream vendors. So it's interesting. So more than 50% are, are relying on their vendors and the strength of their programs. Only 13% so that they actually assess fourth parties directly. And I think several years ago, that was the, that was kind of the thinking is that how are we going to get our arms around all these fourth parties and manage them directly? Um, and so it was really interesting to see that very few organizations less, you know, maybe one out of every 10 are saying they're doing that direct risk management with the fourth parties. And I think the results of the poll really align to what what our thinking is on this, is that it's it's impractical to to really manage those fourth and fifth and sixth and downstream vendors. So what you really have to do from a practical perspective is to ensure that your third party vendors have their own vendor management program in place, and to make sure that it it is a good sound program and that they're actually using it and performing it on a consistent basis, right? Um, and, and I think that, you know, as you're doing that, obviously, if you're not doing direct diligence on fourth parties and you're really doing it on your third party vendors program, you know, what are some of the things that you should be doing to make sure that that program is functioning and you actually have some visibility into who might be downstream from you? So um, to me, as we think about our clients and what they're doing is they're looking at their vendors, vendor management program. There's a few things. Um, one is, is we always suggest, first off, find out if any of your third-party vendors actually have downstream vendors that are critical to the goods and services that they're providing to you, right? So have them disclose that so that you know that there actually are some that you have to worry about. And then obviously, as part of your own diligence on those vendors, you want to assess the effectiveness of their program ask for proof of policies and procedures and oversight. Do they have a formal vendor management office or a third-party risk management office? How are they resourcing that? Do they have technology in place to be able to support them? So you're really evaluating and doing your diligence on their program. And then obviously you want to confirm that any fourth parties that you do need to worry about are being managed according to those policies. They're actually part of the program, right? And that if they have any known issues with those fourth parties, they're disclosing them to you. And then I think lastly, as part of your, your contracting process, once you've gone and done all your diligence on their vendor management program, you want to make sure that um, contractually, there's a way that these, your third party vendors are kind of disclosing to you any key changes in fourth parties that they add, as well as provide a, a right to audit. Right. So that you want to have the ability to kind of go in and dive and dig deeper if something comes up and you want to go check it out. But the diligence is really all around the the actual vendor management program of, of your vendors and making sure you have visibility to all of that. Yeah, that that's great information. And you know, I can see that working really well in a situation where the vendor is new to your organization and you have a lot more leverage to negotiate those contacts and have those conditions. But can you take a minute to talk about some of the potential challenges? You know, for example, 
What if you have existing vendors who don't have those conflict stipulations or vendors that are just unwilling to share information? Yeah. And so, you know, it's a, it's a great question and it comes up a lot, I think, especially for newer programs, because, um, you know, if you have policies and procedures in place to assess your vendor's vendor management program, obviously going forward, as you as you get into new relationships, um, you can apply those procedures before you sign a contract, right? So you have some leverage at that point. I think what you're getting at is what happens when you have a newer program and you're trying to bring all these legacy vendors on board and get visibility into what's going on. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, I wish I had a a magical answer, but I think the reality comes down to the the strength of the relationship that you have with your actual third party vendors. Um, my experience is that the stronger the relationship, the more you have, um, you know, you're kind of working with them as a partner, and you have a transparent communications with them already. You're more likely to have them respond and and provide that information to you. Um, but you know that that's so that's the optimal case. In cases where, hey, I don't have that relationship, what am I going to do? I really think there's there's two options, right? One is you live with the risk because you've lived with it up until this point in time. Um, and you're going to have to live with that risk really until you either renew the contract or you modify the contract because that's going to be the time when you have leverage and you're able actually to do something about it. Um, the worst case scenario is, you know, you've got major concerns, you feel the risk is way beyond your risk appetite. In those cases, you have to look, maybe terminate the relationship, or maybe you move business away and you you de-risk it a little bit so that you're not so reliant on that vendor and, and some of those fourth parties. So really, I think if you can, if you can, if you have that good relationship with them to begin with, ask if you can't get it, you really got to either live with the risk, you've got to find a way to get out of the relationship. But everything, all those have to be made on a case-by-case basis, I think, based on what you're doing. You know, you're you're so right. One of the most important things I learned during very long third-party risk management career is you can assume that all of your vendors are just going to comply with your request and requirement, but there's always going to be exceptions. So, You've got to have a backup plan that identifies how you're going to approach those exceptions, you know, because your organization is always on the look for the risk. So you need good strategies to identify, assess, and manage those risks, even in challenging circumstances, right? Yep. So, Tom, I want to pick your brain on another topic. So in June of this year... Three of the big financial regulators, the OCC, the FDIC, and the Fed, released a single interagency guidance for managing risk of certain other relationships. So what is your take on the updated, updated guidance regarding fourth parties? Yeah. Um, no, that's, I, first of all, I think it was great that they did that and they were actually able to come together to get under one set of, kind of guiding principles, right? Um, my take is I think they, they got it right. Um, when it comes to managing fourth parties, they actually, in the guidance, they refer to them as subcontractors. You actually don't see the term fourth parties, but that's what they're talking about. They're talking about parties as well. Um, but the guidance is really consistent with the approach, Hillary, that I had mentioned earlier, which is really assessing the efficacy of your third party's vendor management function 
um, and making sure that you have confidence in their controls and their policies and procedures to to help you mitigate risk downstream with those vendors. So, um, so I thought they did a really good job with that. And there's a, a comment section at the beginning of the guidance. I don't know if anybody reads that, but they actually talk about uh, a lot of the comments they got back um, okay. from the sector, right? Mm -hmm. and, and some of the yeah. rationale and reasoning as to why they made that decision to move away from direct diligence on those fourth parties and really relying on the vendor management function. So no, I thought they did a really good job with that. And if you think about it, it you know, we'll see what happens. It could be a rising tides moment, right? Because if third party vendors are required to maintain formal vendor risk management functions, so we're, we're kind of pushing those responsibilities, not just with the regulated industries, but those that are all serving the regulated industries, it really, everybody will start to strengthen risk management across the board. And so it'll make for a much more um, resilient supply chain, right? Because everybody's managing downstream. So we'll see what happens. That's a long-term kind of big picture kind of thing, but I'm hoping that it's going to be a positive, uh, positive outcome. Yeah, no, that's really useful insight. And I completely agree. It's nice to see the regulators sort of tackling those in a little bit more practical manner. Um, I know we've covered a lot already, but can we share any tips or best practices for those organizations who are wanting to improve their risk management related to fourth parties? Um, yeah, I think, you know, we've covered quite a few things already. I think I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about you. A lot of our clients are still trying to get their arms around this, quite frankly. Um, you know, and so it's, it's still relatively new, I would say. I think probably where what happens is there's a little bit of analysis paralysis because it feels so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. How do I get information? How do I go back to these existing relationships? What do I, what type of fourth parties do I even care about at the end of the day? Um, so a lot of times what we'll do is recommend to our clients, you know, just start with what you can control if you're just getting going. And I think that's with your going forward relationships, right? So um, when, as you look to onboard a new vendor, you're in procurement, you're sourcing, you're about to sign a contract, stop and pause, you know, as you're doing your due diligence, identify who the fourth parties are. If there's any critical, make sure that you're doing diligence on their vendor management function and start to bring your new vendors under that, uh, structure so that you can start getting those types of controls in place going forward. And then I think from there, you know, start to look at when your existing vendors, maybe more so your critical vendors, ones that you really care about, you know, um, as you start to go through contract renewals and rebids with them, that would be the time to really start tackling some of that stuff if you can't get them to provide that information to you now. So start start with what you can control is what I would say. Yeah, I think really helpful. Uh, Tom, I wanna thank you for a great discussion. I'm sure that those listening have learned a thing with you. I know I have. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today, sharing your expertise and helping us understand more about forcing and parties. You got it, Hillary. Thanks for having me. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed tuning into this discussion with Tom Rogers from Vendor Centric. To learn more about Vendor Centric, please visit their website at vendorcentric.com. And if you'd like to learn more about this third-party risk management topic, 
or many others, we have thousands of resources on our site at zenminder.com backslash library or zenminder.com backslash blog. If you're looking to network with others in a third-party risk space like Tom, join Third Party Think Tank, our online community that is dedicated to third-party risk professionals and is free to join. Connect with and post questions to your peers at thirdpartythinking.com.